Welcome to We Fish ASA, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. My name is Steve Sarley. My partner is Dave Kranz. We Fish ASA is always pleased to offer you conversation with the most interesting, the most informative, most entertaining as well as some of the biggest names in the world of fishing. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association, in particular St. Croix, the best rods on earth, Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Daiwa. We've got your bass covered. Yeah, they sure do. Daiwa. Daiwa reels, they are the best. We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. Available everywhere you get podcasts. Don't forget our website, wefishasa.com. We Fish ASA is recorded and produced by Brad Nearman from Berserk Productions. He is down in Lando Lakes, Florida. Hey, Brad, how you doing? Always good to uh, think about you and appreciate everything you do for us. On today's show, we welcome from St. Croix, pro staffer Mark Hansen. Going to talk about what it means to be a pro staffer for a major company like St. Croix. Mike Howell will be with us. He's an outfitter, guide, educator, speaker. Interesting guy with a lot of passion for the sport. Uh, be interesting to hear him and Dave go at it in a little while. And then I'm going to visit with uh, Mark Menendez. 30 years uh, fishing professionally. He's on the Elite Tour, has won a lot of money. And right now he is pre-fishing for the Yamaha Bassmaster Redfish Cup Championship down in Port Aransas, Texas. Yeah, Redfish Championship. Never had on before. Uh, I sure hope he can catch a redfish while we're talking to him. I know he's out there pre-fishing today. But first, hey there, Dave Kranz. Let me turn it over to you so you can bring on Mark Hansen from St. Croix. Go ahead, take it away, my friend. As Steve said, I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast, and this segment is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. And normally, Dan Johnson does about 99% of these, but Dan's off hunting in uh, Iowa. He's trying to chase down some big whitetails. And uh, so today, uh, we have the pleasure of having a St. Croix pro staffer on, and I'd like to welcome Mr. Mark Hansen to the program. How you doing, Mark? I'm, I'm great today. Thank you, Dave. Excellent. So uh, uh, how long have you been a pro staff for St. Croix? Gosh, I think it's going on nine years now. And it's funny you mentioned Dan because that's why I'm here. I, I met Dan back in Iowa through a mutual friend. And uh, we just kind of shared the same passion for uh, spreading the word around, around St. Croix. So things led to things. And I joined the pro staff about nine years ago. And, and it's, it's just been a thrill ever since. And that's good. And St. Croix does a really good job of picking pro staffers, as most companies do, because uh, the consumer may not realize it, that they figure, oh, the pro staffers working uh, for the for the company. But the pro staffers really, they do work for the company, but they work for the company as a spokesperson to the consumers. Many of the people you'll see at the sports shows, some may be factory people, some may be uh, manufacturers reps, but many are pro staffers who are very knowledgeable, very passionate about using the products that they support. It's not just the opportunity to uh, get product at a discount or get product, you know, uh, at all. It, it, it's the, the fact that they want to help share that information about the product and, and put you into the right rod or, or, or reel or whatever the case may be. And um, are there any cases you remember where you really helped somebody and, and they came back to you and said, hey, you know what, that was the exact right rod? Uh, you you nailed it. I, I can't believe you asked that question. Um, most most pro staffers, like you know, are, are, are charter captains or guides or, or whatever. Uh, I'm not. I have a technology job, but uh, like I said, working with Dan, uh, he saw the passion for me in fishing and saw that, that this would be something that I really enjoy. So really what I'd see is an opportunity to learn what I learned from St. Croix, take that and just spread that passion for giving people and, and fishing just that great experience. And so I, one of the things that I do is I like to support high school teams and, and I, I actually work with the Boy Scouts and stuff too, to try to capture people early and, and, and teach them about 
all the various things that you can do in fishing and, and so forth. So I actually got a chance to uh, work with a couple of kids from Libertyville who were Mundelein who ended up winning the um, the state high school championship, uh, Joey Bissing and Jackson Paddock a couple of years ago. And it was really fun because we just go out and fish with them and, and you know, you get young kids that are really excited about fishing and, and they're learning a lot and, and just kind of trying to help temper and provide some experience just longer years in the water. And, and we were fishing one day out on a lake and I had uh, the sniper spinnerbait rod in the Legend Tournament series that was one of my favorites and i just said hey joey why don't you try and cast this for a bit see what you like and lo and behold it was on the second day i guess of their tournament down uh downstate where uh spinnerbait bite took off against the seawall and that was one of the rods they used to capture their winning fish uh was the one that i'd, I'd given to the two boys there and and uh, boy i tell you that was just a great experience that um just to kind of know that you've you've done something there and, and kind of spread the excitement and passion and so forth. So I mean that's that's probably the biggest single one. But there's there's great stories that that you meet and talking with other people at a at a show like down at Schaumburg or a Muskie show or something, and you get to meet and connect with people about fishing and share the stories and excitement that they do for when you can control your time and, and what what can I do that is more important than anything right now? It's going fishing and uh you know break away from the job or whatever else and i get it and, and just go have that trip and being able to share some of those stories is is really rewarding and bringing that passion back to it and helping them find something new do something a little different or even just get better with the techniques that they already uh that they already have worked on and, and really enjoy so uh, you know so learning about what it is that people can do learning new techniques and or techniques and, and sharing that is is, is my greatest thrill as a pro stepper yeah, it's awesome. And I think a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to go to the store or go to a show or go to, you know, go to a tackle store and I'm just going to find a new rod and, and pick one up that, that feels good. But when you go and you actually have somebody that's knowledgeable like a pro staffer or go to your local tackle store that has the knowledge to sell you the right equipment, they're going to probably ask you four, five, six questions first. What are you fishing for? You know, what kind of line are you going to use? You know, is it a casting rod or a spinning rod? Um, you know, what weight lures are, are you going to throw? Uh, they're going to ask you a lot of questions to tailor you into the right right rod because there isn't a rod that can catch bluegills and a rod that can catch muskies. Uh, there's a rod that catches bluegills and a rod that you can use for muskies and everything in between, isn't there? Yeah. Well, and St. Croix has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of models, right? And, you know, we're not the only fishing rod out there, but so when, a, when somebody walks into a store, it can be bewildering. Um, and nobody wants to admit defeat, and I'm just going to grab one and go home instead of coming home empty-handed. So, like you say, um, working them through what does power mean? What does action mean? You know, how does the tip action really affect how you're working the bait and fighting a fish and matching it all up as part of a system? Um, and, you know, it's just like golf. If you were to try to putt with a driver and, and uh, drive with a putter, it's not going to work right. I mean, technically, you move a ball, but it's not going to give you the experience you want. So you're absolutely right, getting the people the, the guidance based on experience and 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 gosh, I mean, the pro staff at St. Croix and the product development people up there are simply amazing uh, what they put into researching a rod and building things and, and the technique-specific series that you've come out with, you know, from panfish, like you say, to muskie, and all the models in there such, give such great guidance to a uh, to an angler to help them get better at their sport. Yes, and picking out the right right equipment, if you're throwing something with... with uh Trouble hooks that you're uh, like crankbaits or, or something like that, lipless baits. You you don't want that rod to be too stiff. You want it to be moderate, right. or you want it want it to be a different material. You want it to be uh, be glass or a combination of materials. And 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 Croy does do a great job on on getting the the right uh, feedback from from the consumer yes. and from the pro staffers of what kind of rods uh, are necessary. But you know the the pro staff. Um, I, I'm sure your job. Uh, as a pro staffer carries to your neighborhood. You said the the scouts. You yep. said the, the, but but if there's kids in the neighborhood and they see you getting ready to go fishing, I mean, I mean, what a great help to these kids to get them going and and yep. showing them right. Yep, absolutely. And you know, it's you look at uh, the like the Schomburg show or something like that. That's January or or whatever else. Those early in the season things where people are starting to break out of the winter doldrums and they're already thinking ahead. And you know, as a pro staffer, I 
love the question where father and son come up to me and say, hey, we're planning our first trip up to Canada together. What should we get? Yeah. And, you know, you can you can sit and talk with them. Great. Where are you going? Well, you know, what what are you targeting as your fish? You know, you know, and I know that most of those guys are heading up for a walleye and pike adventure and so forth. And and you can give them some guidance on that. But just helping set them up for one of those things that's going to be truly a memorable bonding experience between good friends or family uh, just, you know, centered around a fishing trip is and when people call back and and I made up a business card, I know it seems kind of hokey, but I give it to customers all the time. It's send me pictures, give me a call, let me know how it went. And I've I've built some great friendships from people you spent four or five minutes with, sometimes 10, 20 minutes with at a, at a show or, or whatever else, or some of the kids that I work with. Um, it's, hey, I caught this great fish. I want to tell you the story. And, and that's just, it's so fulfilling. But I mean, that's why you do it. Um, everybody's got a tough life. And when they can claim some time and say, I'm going to go fishing and just live in the moment for something fun to be part of that is really a gift it it is and and, and it is fun uh education i think is the key to to all of this and and uh, uh making sure that people uh have a great experience because we want them to come back to our sport we have a passion for it and we're trying to get others to get into it and and making sure they have the right equipment and making sure that they go out and they are successful and some of that may be um telling them you know not to go a certain time of year for a certain species because it's not it's not the right time but but we can give them the guidance of that and uh, one thing that's nice with the uh, St. Croix family and and all the pro staffs across the country is is if if we don't have an answer for them uh, we, we have the resource to get it yes absolutely absolutely there's a, you know just within the St. Croix group meeting new people and the pro staff from all over the place east to west north to south um, you know I, I took a couple of trips down last fall in the spring to chase redfish down in the delta something I'd never done before and reached out and found a, a pro staffer down south and gave me some guidance on that and, and you know so you've got a built-in community to help you be successful and help you enjoy uh, the time that you spent so you're absolutely right and at providing that to a customer even if it's somebody says hey I would like to go salmon fishing in Alaska. I've never done it before, but I know within the St. Croix family, I can reach out to some folks and do it uh, and get back to them with some good guidance on that from people I know and respect. Because like you say, I mean, companies work very hard to make sure that the quality of people they put into their pro staff is high. Yeah, absolutely. I, I believe there's over 350 pro staffers worldwide uh, for the St. Croix family. And I think that's that's awesome, and we can always uh, send people to somewhere. So if you're at a show anywhere across the country or in a tackle store, many tackle stores have uh, employees that are pro staffers, uh, or, or a lot of times, like myself, the owner is a pro staffer and and, uh, and, and can definitely give you the, uh, the right guidance. But uh, I, I appreciate you being on, Mark, and uh, uh, giving us a little insight to uh, what, what it's like to be a pro staffer and definitely feel your passion for it. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. I do love it. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for being on, and uh, it won't be the last time we talk to you. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> Thank you. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Yeah, that was Mark Hansen. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote, and this segment was brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. We will be right back after these messages. Rule your water. Rule it with a St. Croix rod. Whether you take to the lake, wade the rivers, or cast from shore, St. Croix provides responsive performance, ensuring your success below every surface. With a St. Croix rod in hand, you're a part of a celebrated tradition that has spanned 70 years. Touch, power, and control are right at your fingertips and extend to you the finest fishing experience on the planet. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn-out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it. 
Welcome back to the WePush ASA podcast. I am Dave Cran. Steve Starley is remote, and this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. I always like to say the people we have on this segment have a passion for the outdoors, and my next guest certainly does. He's a, uh, a guide, an outfitter, an uh, ice fisherman, entrepreneur, uh, sought-after seminar speaker, and uh, very happy to have Mike Howe on the program. Welcome, Mike. Thanks, Dave. Great to be with you today. You know, uh, I'm glad that you're here, and, and uh, you know, we're nationwide, but uh, we're going to talk some ice fishing here because we're coming into that season, and, and we both would like to see a lot of the people in the southern part of this country that don't experience ice fishing uh, to try it, and, and they don't, it can be like sitting in your living room with a couple of holes punched in the floor, and they don't realize that. And the other thing I th- think, I'm in the Midwest, I'm in uh, northern Illinois, and so we fish Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan, Iowa, that, you know, uh, but you're you're fishing in the western part of the country you know uh, montana the dakotas and and many people don't realize the the quality of fishing that's there do they no it's it's really crazy dave you know 15 years ago my partner and i we started really trying to bring the ice fishing scene to the western area montana idaho colorado um, there just wasn't a lot going on, and if it was going on, it was the old drag drag out, chip a hole, sit on a bucket all day, hope a fish swims by. Um, and since 2005-2006, I've really been trying to bring the modern era of ice fishing out west, and it's really what got my career in the fishing industry started. Yeah, give give the people a little background on how you got into this. Uh, you know, uh, uh, for those that that haven't heard one of your seminars or uh, you know had the pleasure of doing one of your guide trips or outfitting, uh, tell us a little bit about what what you how you got into it. You bet. Well, I I came out of uh, you know going way back. Uh, I spent uh, almost ten years in the Air Force and then uh, went to work for the U.S. Postal Service. Moved to Montana in '94 to get my kids uh, out of Seattle. Wanted to raise my kids in the Rocky Mountain states. Uh, moved to Bozeman and then Kalispell. When I got to Kalispell, Flathead Lake really became where I spent my all my free time, chasing lake trout out there. In the wintertime, I got back into the ice fishing thing, which I had done as a wee lad back in upstate New York, where I spent my first 10, 12 years of my life. Uh, and man, the ice fishing bug hit me like you know nothing else ever had. And I got into it just full bore, hooked up with a, my good friend, Chancey Jeske, uh, who was working for Snappy Sports Center in Kalispell. He was an avid ice fisherman. We created this ice fishing tournament known as the Perch Assault. And from there, it was all about getting deeper and deeper into the sport, promoting the sport, sharing my love of the sport. Um, which is kind of what got my name out there with sponsors and people supporting our tournament. Next thing you know, I had an opportunity to do some guiding. That led into an opportunity to, to purchase an existing outfitter business, which I grew uh, about five, six years ago. I was able to buy out my, uh, my largest competitor, who I had originally started working for. And so my guiding and outfitting business has been what's been able to support me in this passion for traveling and ice fishing, speaking about ice fishing, and most recently becoming the director of the North American Ice Fishing Circuit, which is going to see me on the road this winter promoting tournaments. So that's quite a mouthful, <laughs> I know. Yes, it is. <laughs> and, that, that, and that's a pretty good list. And, and uh, like I said, the uh, uh, most of us that are in this industry have a passion for it, and we believe in it, and we want to make it uh, better and and uh, and spread it to everybody else. Trying to get more people to do it. What what uh, you said, lake trout. Uh, I think you mentioned perch. What what else is uh, caught out there in the western states through the through the ice? Well, certainly in the Rocky Mountain states, it's it's all about the trout. When you say Montana fishing, Idaho fishing, Wyoming fishing. Most people picture a fly angler standing in a river and catching trout. Um, but the, the species management uh, in the West revolves largely around the native species. But other than maybe crappie and bluegill and some of the hybrids, uh, stripers, wipers, white bass, that sort of thing, 
pretty much any species that you'll find all across the U.S. is available. In fact, in the early 1900s, as people were settling west and moving west, uh, the fish trains were bringing lake trout and lake whitefish and yellow perch and other Midwestern species out west. Uh, but in the last 15, 20 years, the emphasis has been on more of the native fish, the native trout and that sort of thing. But uh, Montana has fantastic fishing for just about anything that swims, uh, as do the Dakotas. Uh, you know, once we get into the Missouri River country uh, and all of the uh, all of the rivers, creeks and streams that spawn off the Missouri then it's everything that you know there in the Midwest. It's just uh, just a little farther farther west on the compass. Yeah, and I've heard uh, you know a lot of these uh, tournament circuits uh, for the Missouri River system are now uh, bringing guys out to fish for for bass, and and it's not just a walleye, white bass, perch fishery. There's great pike fishing. There's there's everything in that system, and and uh, it'll be interesting to see when some of these uh, tournaments get there, and and I think some eyes will be opened when you have uh, national bass trails uh, doing tournaments there, and that may help uh, some of the other other fishing there. Oh, I, I agree 100%. And probably my biggest frustration has been, uh, you know, as a guide and outfitter working in Montana and a promoter, um, you know, just some of the resistance. These fish are there, Dave. They just, they don't want the perception of promoting non-native species because it goes against all of the work that they've done promoting the native species. And I get that. But those fish are there. People want to come west, and they want to experience what we have to offer out there, and the fish are there. So I agree 100%. I think some of these circuits that get their feet in the door and get a chance to go and and promote some of the fantastic opportunities for the other species, uh, it can only help from a tourism industry, from getting kids involved and and folks out on the waters. Yeah, absolutely. I I think we had uh, Brandon Polinick on a couple of times, and the first time he was on, I think he said he was from Idaho and was telling us how the smallmouth and largemouth fishery was there. And it was that was news to us. We had never even thought that there was that kind of fishery there, but there obviously is. The Columbia River, the Snake River, a lot of those tributaries, you know, the Columbia has everything in it from, uh, you know, shipping that comes in from the ocean and, and, you know, that's brought stuff in over the years. Uh, You know, the term bucket biology has become very (laughs) prevalent in the last uh, 15 to 20 years. But some of the finest walleye fishing exists in the Columbia River. Talk to Gary Roach sometime about his experiences in the 70s and 80s in the Columbia, and then the smallmouth and largemouth fishing on the Snake River, which is a tributary of the Columbia. Unbelievable opportunities out there, but you're right. You never hear about it unless you really go looking. Yeah, and now I don't want this to get away. If people are uh, interested in uh, maybe uh, doing an outfitting or guide trip with you, uh, what's the best uh, way to get a hold of you? Well, going to my website is the best way, Dave. It's very simple. How's fishing? H-O-W-E-S fishing.com. And from there, they can get in touch with me either by phone or by email, messenger. And then even if it's something that I'm not involved in directly, say Idaho or Wyoming, I have all the contacts. I can put you in touch with the right people. But if it's uh, if it's from uh, central North Dakota all the way over to the to the uh, Idaho Montana border, uh, I've got guides that can uh, take care of you no matter what you're looking to do. Excellent, excellent. And so, uh, what what type of equipment? I'm sure you you have some sponsors. What type of equipment are uh, can they look forward to using? Well, on a, we'll take our Flathead Lake fishery. Flathead Lake is where I, I began and where the core of my business is. Uh, we run big offshore style aluminum boats, um, and those are all equipped with uh, either Lowrance or Garmin uh, technology, fish finders, cannon downriggers, um, and then our ice fishing, you know, big, big, big support from Clam and Ice Team, uh, Vaxilar fish finders. So we do everything. Uh, Fort Peck, same thing there, Lund boats, uh, almost exclusively uh, cannon downriggers. Uh, just, you know, top-of-the-line stuff that we have vetted and tested for years and years. 
uh, to give our clients and our guests the best possible opportunities at the fish that we're seeking. But the nice thing about our Flathead Lake fishery, Dave, is we're right in the back door for Glacier National Park. Mm. Our audience is almost guaranteed every year with two and a half to three million people coming to visit Glacier Park. Montana's definitely been discovered through COVID and the pandemic lockdowns because people are getting outside more and more. And Montana has been very open as has North Dakota. Yeah. And I, a lot of people have gravitated to the outdoors and to doing more things with the family. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think if one thing that COVID did for us is it realized we don't need to be a 24 seven uh, mentality uh world and, and i That's think right. that that was good good for this so okay yep. so yep. uh howsfishing.com h-o-w-e-s fishing.com is the best way to get a hold of you and and uh i'm sure they can look through your your page there and and see uh some of the phenomenal uh fish that you catch out there you know even the beautiful panfish people love to get bluegills crappies perch you know whatever whatever is available uh but uh i, I think it's great and i and i'm you know, hopeful, as we said in the beginning of the program, that some people from down south that have never gone and experienced ice fishing will at least try it, look into it, and and, yeah. and see if it's something that they, they might, uh, I, I, we both think they will probably get addicted to. But I uh, definitely appreciate having you on the podcast, Mike, and we'll, uh, we'll keep in contact and uh, maybe have you back on again if you're willing. That'd be great. Yeah, I'd love to keep you guys uh, updated as things are going through the ice fishing season. And, uh, you know, I hope to see you guys at the St. Paul Ice Show. I know it's right in your back door. So yeah. uh, I'll be there working for Clam and doing seminar on Sunday afternoon. Excellent. If uh, we're up there, we'll uh, make sure we stop in and, and see you face to face. And uh, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you, guys. Have a great holiday. You also. That was Mike Howe. I am Dave Cran. Steve Siley is remote. And this segment of the We Fish ASA podcast was brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. We will be right back after these messages. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Calcutta. We're an outdoor coastal trading company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. Born in the back of a Florida bait and tackle shop, Calcutta was created with a rebellious spirit and a goal to offer hardworking outdoor products at a reasonable price. Calcutta builds the products that fit your lifestyle. We're on a mission to help you reclaim your free time and to declare mutiny on the mundane. Depend on Calcutta gear and apparel. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Tatula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I'm Steve Sarley. My partner Dave Kranz is remote. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. Please help to ensure the future of fishing by visiting keepamericafishing.org. And if you're an industry professional, please consider joining the American Sport Fishing Association by visiting asafishing.org. We like to expand our horizons. We, we talk an awful lot about bass. We talk an awful lot about walleyes and muskies and crappies. And uh, sometimes I think we need to do a little bit more. And, and I got excited when I saw that uh, the, uh, ver the the venerable Bassmaster organization is bringing the Redfish Cup back to Texas this year. And I said, we need to talk about redfish. Who do I know that's a redfish expert? 
I don't know anybody particularly that's a redfish expert, but when I saw they were having some teams involved this year composed of a redfish expert and a bass fishing professional, I scanned the list and I was excited to see the name of my friend Mark Menendez. He's fishing for redfish and we've got him on to talk about it. Welcome, Mark. How are you doing? Thank you, Steve. I'll tell you, I'm out here on the water right now and this is a different world for me. We don't have redfish in the great state of Kentucky. Yeah, you know what? A lot of them down here in Texas. When, when I saw when I saw your name on the list, I said, "Boy, this is a strange one." I I, I wonder why they picked them out. I wasn't aware of uh, of redfish in Kentucky, and I was I was right. Uh, you, you had to head south. Have you ever fished for them before? Yes, I have. I've got I've got a pretty extensive history fishing for redfish. Uh, spent a lot of time down on the east coast of Florida fishing for them with my mentor, my great late mentor of Clyde Watts. Um, Clyde was a bass fisherman that taught me how to fish as a young man. And when he retired to Central Florida, he gave up bass fishing because he enjoyed red fishing that much more. So I've spent a lot of time there. I've obviously spent a lot of time in Venice uh, and, uh, and along the southern coast. So uh, know a little bit about him. Excellent. Uh, glad to hear that. Uh, you know, there, there's different schools of thought, and I've heard many people uh, say this, and usually it's not professionals, but there are people that'll tell me, uh, "Oh, I'm from I'm from Arkansas. You don't know what it's like. Uh, bass in Arkansas are different than bass in the Carolinas, or bass are different than those in Minnesota." And you get the other people that say, "Fish or fish, uh, you know, bass are bass, no matter where you go to look for them." Now, I've heard other people say, it "Doesn't make a difference uh, unless you're switching from saltwater to freshwater." fish or fish, and, and it doesn't matter. you got to know the basics to go after a species. I, I don't know if I necessarily believe that. I don't have anything good to base that on, but can you use your bass fishing techniques to make you into a redfish winner? Well, absolutely, you can. These are, these are predatory fish. They, they need a couple of things in common. They need a, a place that they can position to feed properly. You need bait, and then you need a deep water escape route. So those are things common to any predatory fish. They want a place where they can set up and be effective as, as a hunter. Then they want to be able to be around a lot of bait because you and I like to be next to the buffet line, you know, when we go to the restaurant. And, uh, and then they need a deep water access to get away from uh, after they've gotten their buffet just to go and rest and to fatten up. So I can take those same things and do and, and fish for redfish like I do bass. The only difference on the general location, whether it's Venice, whether it's Florida, whether it's uh, Port Aransas, is how, how the geography. Down here in Port Aransas, you've got lots of flat, flat, flat. So a deep water access may only be 10 to 12 inches deeper than the area that you're, that you're looking for these fish in. You know, in Venice, it's a little flat spot on the end of a drain or the back end of a drain that drains a, a flat lake back there. So anywhere I've got a pinch point, anywhere water is naturally flowing and coming in, those are places that I look for bass and freshwater. Those are places I look for red fish and saltwater. Excellent. What about areas where you've got rivers that uh, you've got freshwater coming into saltwater? Does that play a part in this at all? I think it really does. You know, what you do there is you expand the buffet twofold. You have a mix of freshwater uh, fish that they can eat, and they have their normal saltwater delicacies they like. So I really like getting in that, that brackish zone where I can see a few freshwater creatures and I can see saltwater creatures as well. I think that doubles up uh, and gives me a better opportunity to find these fish. Okay, you said uh, you, you had mentioned uh, Texas, uh, Port Aransas. Where, where in Texas is that? That is um, south uh South by southeast of San Antonio, about two hours. So we're not far from the, the Mexican border up the coast there, probably less than 100 miles. Uh, so we're way down here in Texas where it's nice and warm right now. Okay. Uh, how long of a, uh, how big of a, a legal area do you have to fish in? We have 90 miles, Steve. We have <laughs> 90 miles we can cover. And that's, a you know, this is a 10-boat event. Uh, 10 boats of two team guys. And so that is a big amount of water for, for that few of boats to fish. So uh, we haven't seen a boat out here yet that's part of our group today. 90 miles. Uh, how rough is the water? I'm, I'm assuming that because you're, you're talking offshore, 
about not necessarily offshore. Talking about being out in the salt, uh, you might hit some uh, treacherous waters. Well, not really. We we can run the intercoastal. We can, depending upon which way the the wind blows, they may allow us to run down the beach if we have a wind that's blowing across the intercoastal will cause it to be rough. So we're we have the luxury of being in pretty flat water. We're in a twenty four foot Skeeter Bay boat uh, with a three hundred horsepower Yamaha on it, high sides, good deep V. So the boat runs and rides great. And uh, you know we may have to slow down a little bit across some of the wide open. Uh, spaces there, Steve. It, it won't be rough, rough. It'll just have to be slowed down a little bit so we don't get too much spray on us. And, so and I'm, I'm not that concerned being in this boat in, in big water. You're not making any runs offshore miles and miles. You're staying pretty close to, to shore. Yes, we are. And, 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 our, and our off limits is actually on the outside of the beach line for, for fishing. And if we do have wind advisories, um, tournament director is going to allow us the opportunity to run the lee side of the islands of uh, the intercoastal uh, waterway so that we can have safer and easier travel. But we cannot make a cast until we come back inside the intercoastal waterway to, to start our fishing. But to travel, we may be able to travel that outside line, which would be safer depending upon a north wind or, or whatever we did. What, what are the depth ranges that you will be uh, targeting for these redfish? You know, Steve, I... Some of these, some of these bays down here are extremely clear, so you can you can visually sight fish for the fish. Oh, wow. Where I am right now, it's a, it's a little bit murkier, so uh, I like that little dirtier water. I think I can I can sneak up on them a little bit better. But I'm going to be fishing anywhere from 10 to probably 24 inches deep at the most. Um, what I really want to find is a corner or a flat that gets uh, a lot of current in it when the tide changes and it's got some rough bottom there, some oysters or some hard bottom there. That's the kind of place these fish like to set up. That is that is absolutely incredible how shallow you're talking. It is. I mean, uh, now you can get out there and fish deeper uh, than that, um, fish out in these bigger channels. But we're fishing for a specific slot limit size of fish, 20 to 28 inches, and we can keep two fish per day to weigh in. So we're looking for the fattest 27 and three-quarter inch redfish <laughs> that we could possibly catch three days in a row, and that, that'll be your winner. We're thinking somewhere between 48 and 50 pounds on six fish will win the event for three days. They have uh, – th these are these are tough, tough tournaments. I know up in uh, uh, central, uh, central Minnesota they have walleye tournaments that you compete against the slot – and, and they'll have uh, one fish in the slot, or, or I'm sorry, one fish over the slot, uh, and then uh, four fish under the slot. So right. you're, you're out to you. Everybody gets their one fish, so they're they're eight pounder, and then then they go crazy trying to get four sixteen and a half inch fish. It, it it's against what you've ever done in your life in competition is fish for smaller fish. And, and it, you're, it, you're it not is. doing that this year. You're not doing that at the Redfish Cup, but you are not fishing for the biggest fish you can land. That's right. We're fishing for those specifically sized fish, and that's the challenge in it. You know, you may find a school of fish, and they're all four to seven pounders, but and those are 23 to 26-inch fish. But the next school you find are from 28 to 30-inch, and you find that one little one that's just not quite as tall as the rest of them, and you <laughs> land right in the winter circle. That is absolutely unbelievable. Um, I'm thinking that the, the the theory that you would be using in something like this is I want to catch as many fish as possible because that's going to up my chances of getting the right weight fish. You cannot specifically target fish of a certain size, but, but if you catch 100 of them, the chances of you getting two of the bigger ones in the slot are better than if you're not. Exactly. But the problem here, Steve, is you may find a giant school of these things and they all be overs. Not a one of them in that under 28 inch. All of them, you know, 12 to 14 to 15 pounds, which that's a heck of a lot of fun. That's a great fishing day. But in this event, that's not what I'm looking for. So we're targeting those six to eight pounders. And hopefully we'll find some of those eight pound fish that are those 27, 28 inch fish. I've never caught a redfish. Tell me what catching a redfish is like. How hard do they fight? Well, it's about like me pulling up to your front door and you tying your fishing rod off to my trailer hitch on the back of my Ford truck and me taking off. They're, they're bulldogs. 
They bite really hard most of the time. They're very aggressive, and when you hook one, they pull. They're they're relentless fighters, and they just don't give up, Steve. They're very, very strong fish. I always get uh, I, I get in a mood and shake my head when I watch you guys fishing and uh, on the TV. Uh, you hook into a nice fish, and then you're cranking that thing you know, uh, so darn quick, and you get it to the boat immediately, jack it up into the boat, and... Uh, it, it's different than the way I have always fished. Uh, you, you don't even uh, uh, have any thought or concern as to letting the fish use the drag at all. You're just getting that fish in real quick. It sounds like to me with a redfish, it doesn't play that way. Yeah, you know, in a bass tournament, Steve, I like to play with them in the live well. That way I've got them under control, so I know they're <laughs> not going to get away from me. But these fish, they pull so darn hard. You know, you, you don't have a lot of obstacles out here. Get their head up off the bottom, keep them away from the oysters, things like that. And and, and you just basically lead them in and, and tire them out. Uh, an eight-pounder, you're going to have him on from anywhere from 30 seconds, if you're lucky, to maybe two minutes uh, and, and just pull him, let him pull. and He'll tire himself out pretty quick. But, uh, yeah, you can't just boat flop, flip one in here uh, real quick because they're, they're, just, they're just really darn strong fish so if you had a really big fish on you're, you're probably cursing it right away going, why did you why did you bite me i'm wasting precious minutes here uh trying to get you to the boat uh you're probably hoping that it's gonna it's gonna flip off uh or would the would it ever be anybody's thought i'm gonna cut my line i don't have time for this well i'm sure i'm sure that has happened in the past i've not fished in a red fish tournament but if I know it's one of those bulls, you know, 25 to 30 pounds, I'm not interested in that because he's going to be over that 28-inch limit. So uh, I'd, I'd probably dispose of it pretty quick and uh, get my bait back out there to catch a small one. Yeah, that, that's, that, that's, that's amazing. Uh, uh, I, I've seen guys in, uh, you know, walleye tournaments catch, uh, catch big muskie. You go, oh, my God, this is a, a fish of a lifetime. I, I want to mount this thing, but sorry, I don't have time. You know, it's, I got right. to get this thing off of here. Uh, I want to talk about the equipment and gearing up for us. Let me take a real quick break. Uh, I want to talk to you about your sponsors. I want to talk more about the uh, Bassmaster Redfish Cup Championship out of Port Aransas, Texas, which will be taking place this next weekend. We've got uh, Mark Menendez with us, one of the best on the Bassmaster uh, Elite Circuit. Going to talk to us about being one of the best on the Redfish Cup Championship Circuit as well. We'll be right back with more Mark Menendez after this. For most anglers, the unexpected is expected. But what you can do is take matters into the seat of your, well, shorts. Meet Aftco's Overboard Shorts, winner of the iCast Best in Category for Technical Clothing. Built with a 100% submersible pocket that keeps the unexpected dry dock for the other guy. Overboard keeps the good times rolling and your valuables safe for the next adventure. Overboard Shorts from Aftco. Learn more at aftco.com slash overboard. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Tatula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. The St. Croix story has evolved over 70 years. With gritty determination, St. Croix built the most advanced fishing rod facility in the world. And with it, a world-class brand that has earned the respect and admiration of anglers around the planet. We will continue to challenge ourselves, our employees, and our partners to be the best every day. We're proud to celebrate 70 years of passion and commitment to making the best rods on earth, St. Croix. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I am Steve Serley. I'm with Mark Menendez. My partner, Dave Krantz, is remote. Hi, Dave. I know you're out there wishing you were talking to Mark, but we're still in these uh, COVID protocols. Uh, you know, We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. 
We're talking to Mark Menendez. We're talking about redfish. And uh, what are you what are you using different uh, equipment wise to go after redfish than you do chasing bass normally? Well, I, I brought my bass gear. I've got a couple flipping sticks. I've got a couple seven foot three inch rods. Um, I'm using rods that are in par- parabolic action, Steve. A good tip to make long casts. And then because they fight so hard, I've got that good parabolic action. Um, my partner is actually hooked up right now on the first cast on one right now. He's using a uh, popping cork and a, a swim bait under that popping cork, and he just caught an undersized fish about 15 inches. Uh, so that's what we're basically using, seven to seven and a half foot rods, 15 to 20 pound um, Seaguar and Vizex, and or um, braid in that 30 to 50 pound range. Okay. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, whose boat are you using? Well, I'm actually with uh, Redfish Pro Ricky Bort. We're uh, in in, a, in his boat. Um, we're we we kind of made this event where it was a little easy even playing field. So we're all having to fish out of uh, V bottom boats in that 22 to 24 foot range. Um, no tunnels, uh, no tunnel hole boats that are so popular down here to fish shallow. So okay. it makes it an even playing field for everybody. All right, that, that's that's a good thing. Although it must be, it must be an awfully odd feeling for you having to turn over the steering wheel to somebody else. You have not fished a partner tournament since they got rid of co anglers, right? Uh, pretty much. So it's been it's a while, but you know this is great. This is such a, a unique opportunity for me to, to get to do something different, something abnormally different for me. So it's almost like being on vacation, Steve. <laughs> and boat control is not as precise and need to be quite as precise as it does in a bass event. So I don't have to put my foot on that trolling motor near as much as I, I want to. So I've got Ricky running the trolling motor. He's This is his water. I'm backing him up uh, using some other techniques. I'm, I've got a uh, Strike King hybrid hunter tied on. I've got a Thunder Cricket tied on. I've got a spinnerbait tied on, and I've caught the most fish today flipping a Strike King Rage Crawl out here in saltwater. So uh, I've caught six or seven nice redfish doing that. So it's right in my wheelhouse with uh, with the bait choices. Where's your partner, Ricky Bort, from? Uh, he's from the Houston area. Okay, okay. So he, he's not – now, it, it, you're in a boat with him. You get in, obviously, everybody knows who you are, and he knows who he's partnered with. Is he treating you like the legendary Mark Menendez, or is he treating you like some co-angler that he drew? He's absolutely beating up on me, giving me a hard time. We have laughed. We've laughed for two days now, had fun. And this is what fishing's all about. Though this is a professional event, this is the greatest thing about fishing. I made a new friend. going to be friends for life, just the way we fish, the way we get along together. We're laughing, cutting up. I, I've given him a hard time. I'm telling him how to fish this popping cork. The first time I told him how to fish the popping cork, he catches one about six pounds. So, you know, he says, uh, you know, what are you doing? How many times have you been down here fishing? I said, well, this is my first trip, but I know about a popping cork, so catch that big one. <laughs> We're having a great time, and, and that's the best thing about fishing um, a different species tournament than what I'm normally fishing. Uh, it, it, it's, it's relaxing. It's fun. It's uh, unique, and uh, it's just something new for me to get to do. You know, I, I think it's great, and I'd like to see more of this. Um I was I was just reminiscing with uh, Ken Duke from Fishing Tackle Retailer Magazine, a mutual friend of ours, and and we were talking about back in the day when ESPN staged uh, the great outdoor games. The first was in Wisconsin, and they put uh, they put a uh, a Bass Pro uh, in in a boat with a with a professional walleye guy, and uh, uh, Denny Brower, uh, I believe, it was Denny Brower won the uh, uh, first year with. Uh, friend Mike Gofran, uh, who was the best on the walleye circuit at that time, and I thought that was exciting. They fished, you had to catch both fish in the same day, and they started out bass fishing, and they ended up walleye fishing. I, I thought that was I thought that was really cool, and I, I would think there would be some appeal to that, uh, fishing for two different species uh, rather than just one, because most of the people that are watching this show uh, although we love to watch bass fishing, and you know, bass fishing, you know, drives the train. That's what everybody's, you know, that's what all the sponsors are for. Everybody wants to see, but but it would be kind of cool to see guys catching bass and crappie. I think that would be a lot of fun. What do you think about that? Oh, I think it'd be great to cross the species up like that. I don't, I don't know that Brower ever caught a, 
a walleye that he didn't have a flipping stick in his hand. But, uh, you know, it, it's good. That's what fishing should be to introduce people to the great sport of fishing, to get away from all the rigors of the world and all the negativity you have to deal with every day through regular life and, uh, and just go fish. That's the coolest thing about it. Um, good things happen when you're out here on the water like this with good friends. Oh, yeah. You know, you had, a, I say, I called you legendary. It's, it's the truth. You've been doing this for a couple of years now. And, uh, you know, you know, the, the, the money's impressive. You're, you know, you're well into the million dollar club and, uh, that doesn't really ring a bell to me. It's, it's just otherworldly. What the number on your statistic sheet that really pops my cork is the fact that says that the Mark Menendez has weighed in over 7,000 pounds of bass, 7,000 pounds. My God, that's, that's just unbelievable. That's true, and I, I kind of marvel at that. And, you know, a lot of those fish are memorable that I catch. A lot of those 12-inch fish helped you make a classic or requalify for the elites. And after 31 years of being on tour, I'm still just about as excited as I was from day one when I was 26 year old, and I and I just got started. So um, I, it's definitely a love of the game, and uh, um, I'm just amazed that uh, 31 years have gone by in a blink of an eye. Yeah, it, it it definitely definitely has seven thousand pounds, man. I just can't believe that. Um, you, you look at this. You talk about memorable. What's a what's the biggest bass you ever caught? Well, I set the all time Bassmaster record back in nineteen ninety seven with a thirteen pound nine ounce fish out of Richmond Chambers uh, during the Mega Bucks tournament. And two days prior to that, in uh, practice, I caught an eleven pounder. So uh, those are the two biggest bass I ever caught. Was the eleven pounder in, in, in tournament competition too? It was the it was the third day of practice. Okay, but thirteen nine in tournament competition, uh, the, and obviously the record because you know what? It always amazes me. I don't care who I'm talking to. I say, what's the best bass you ever caught? And you know, I've talked to California guys that that fish for those incredible fish in those little reservoir lakes, and you know, oh, I got an eighteen, mm -hmm. I got a sixteen, or whatever. Most guys that you talk to that are on the Bassmaster Elite Tour or Major League Fishing or whatever. They're, they're, 10 pounds is, is is pretty dang good for the, the, the normal professional fisherman. 13.9 sure is. is unbelievable. And you know what? Everybody you talk to, and if I say they've caught a 10 is their biggest, it was never in tournament competition. You never right. you never hit double digits in tournament competition. You smashed it, man. Well, I did, and, and I caught that big old fish on a spinnerbait. Uh, can remember the exact tree. I could I could run you right to the exact tree that I caught that fish on. It was a perfect storm. Uh, it was a early March. The wa the weather was cold. Water temperature was in the fifties, and the moon was coming, and it was overcast day. Just the ultimate fishing uh, day that you've ever seen. So, um, Ricky's got another one on right now. Looks like this one might actually be a, a keeper size fish. All right. All right. So, uh, and, and, and that's, it, that, that spot that you remember so well, I'm sure you've never gone and thrown to that spot again. I've never, I've never, I, since that, since 1997, that tournament, I've not been back on Risen Chambers. Oh. I've driven across the, across the lake on the bridges, but I've never, I've never gone back. So, oh my uh, goodness. Maybe one of these days I'll get to go reminisce there. Yeah, I think you ought to. I, I would, uh, I'd be taking my vacation every year there to, to do that. That's just amazing. <laughs> uh, unbelievable. You know, I, I was glad to get you on the show with the uh, with the Redfish Cup happening this this coming week. We're we're talking to you during your pre fishing. Most guys that I talk to right now, and I'll say, "Hey, can you do an interview?" I'll say, "I can't do it. I'll be in a tree stand on Monday when I, I record on Monday." And I say, "I'll be in a tree stand." Everybody's in the tree stand. I look on your bio, and uh, for interest, ninety nine out of a hundred guys got hunting down. You're a tennis player. What the heck is that all about? <laughs> well, I was a high school and collegiate tennis player, and I still follow the sport very closely. I get to play occasionally. I have to be careful because I'm an orthopedic surgeon's best friend because being <laughs> in my 50s, I, I, can't, I think I can go as hard as I used to in college, but I love to play tennis. I love to exercise um, and, and just try to stay generally in good shape, and that just translates into longevity being a pro fisherman. Uh, I have to do exercises now for my back. I do exercises for my wrists and my elbows and shoulders. And uh, it just takes a lot more effort than it once did. I used to just jump in the bass boat and go. Now I have to I have to work at it a little more and spend a lot of time walking and exercising that way and then doing these exercises daily just so that I can even go to prevent injury. 
You got an exciting week coming up in this uh, Yamaha Bassmaster Redfish Cup Championship, but it's still got to be uh, some sorrow and a, a morose feeling going around, realizing the fact that we lost the great Aaron Martins in the last week. And well, it, it is. It's it's really sad. I, I hate that Aaron has has departed this fishing world. I'm sure he's on another great lake somewhere else in this in this stratosphere. But Aaron was a fierce competitor. He was a good man, Steve. He was just a good man, a family man. He loved his children. He loved his wife. And he always had a kind word and the greatest smile in the world every time he'd see it. And we're going to miss Aaron, that's for sure. Well, I, I said one of one of the, one of the best guys in, in fishing I've ever met. I like I liked him a lot, and uh, the the thing that always and I just he, he's just so wonderful, such a good guy, and open and friendly. And uh, it always bothered me because I know about it. He was haunted by those second places in the classic. Yes. And yes. I, when three, we talk, I always times. say, "Man, knock that, knock that off! You are so unbelievable." And he could tell you exactly the mistakes he made and each and where he did, and, and 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 he could never shake that off. And I felt so bad because otherwise his life was perfect. I thought. Well, his fishing career was amazing. Aaron was um, just almost a savant in the techniques and the things that he did to separate himself from the crowd. Um, he, he was, you know, he'd catch a 12 incher and be just as giddy if he'd caught a seven pounder. Um, he just loved to make that fish do something it didn't want to do. And that was bite an artificial lure. He was absolutely one of the best ever to, to, uh, to tempt a fish with an artificial lure. Yeah. Thank you for saying those nice things. And, and, uh, he, he will definitely be missed. Uh, by by Aaron. I know you're look, listening to us from, from heaven right now because, if there is a heaven, and I believe there is, it certainly always had a spot for an Aaron Martins. Hey, and, and certainly, you know, about 40 years from now, they'll have a spot for uh, Mark Menendez, too. Uh, congratulations, Mark. Uh, you just recently uh, walked down the aisle with a lovely woman, I believe. I certainly did, Steve. I, I married my longtime friend, uh, Melissa Wilson. We uh, met each other about seven years ago. She lost her husband to death. I lost my wife to death um, seven days apart. And then uh, six or seven months later, we were introduced and became friends and, and, and worked through the feelings of grief and loss together. And I woke up one day, Steve, and I thought, my gosh, this woman is wonderful. She's beautiful. She's fun. She's everything that uh, uh, a person would want to spend time with in their life. And I'm very fortunate that uh, a few years later, um, I'm going to get to spend every day of my life when I'm not in a bass boat with uh, her. So uh, uh, other than, just an absolute godsend. Other than you not being beautiful, you sound like a perfect match. <laughs> well, she's uh, she's definitely a keeper hey, in any stretch of the imagination. And uh, she is a uh, just the most wonderful person that I've been around in a long, long time. I just want to know if, if for the wedding you, you registered at the Bass Pro Shop. <laughs> no, I didn't. I went to Tackle Warehouse instead. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry about that. And, and I'm sure and I'm sure Melissa was real happy about that. She got herself some nice gifts from there. Oh, she did. She really was appreciative on uh, a couple of Strike King spinner baits and the Hybrid Hunter, and uh, then I've got my Mark Menendez uh, color series with the Strike King <laughs> crankbaits. And she said we didn't need any more of those. So uh, I think I, I think she got some real nice water for Crystal instead. Oh, I love it, man! You, you are you are great. You do a great interview. You, you've always been one of the best promoters ever. Uh, and you know what? I, I think they couldn't have picked a better guy to be one of the five elite series fishermen. We're going to be paired up with a redfish pro along with five other boats that are going to have just two redfish pros and 10 boats. You're in one of them. Yamaha Bassmaster Redfish Cup Championship, Port Aransas, Texas. I think you're going to do real well. And hopefully I'll be calling you next week to talk about how you celebrated your win, Mark. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Well, you're welcome, Steve. I tell you what, win, lose, or draw, I'm going to have a heck of a good time down here. We're going to fish our butts off to find those right fish and uh, hopefully we'll catch a couple of them a day like we need. But um, it's just fun to get to do something new that you don't get to do. And uh, I'm, this is a special week, so I'm going to remember this week for a long time to come. God bless you, my friend. Go get them. Thanks, Steve. Mark Menendez, what a great guy he is. Good luck to him and the Redfish Cup. That wraps up this week's edition of the We Fish ASA podcast, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the Internet in the entire USA. 
like to thank our guests for today. Representing St. Croix, the best rods on earth, Mark Hansen, talking about being a pro staffer, what that means. Mike Howe, outfitter, guide, speaker, educator. Great, great interview. Uh, boy, he's passionate about what he does, isn't he? So is Mark Menendez, Bassmaster Elite Fisherman, fishing the Bassmaster Redfish Cup Championship this week. I'd like to thank our sponsors, St. Croix, the best rods on earth, Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, Daiwa. We've got your bass covered, Daiwa Reels. They are the best. Remember that we've got a new episode of our podcast, posts every Wednesday, it's one hour. You can catch us everywhere you get podcasts, but don't forget our website, wefishasa.com. It's also where you can write to us. Let her fly. We answer all of our emails and all of our messages. I'm Steve Sarley. My partner is Dave Kranz. We'll see you next week now. Let's go fishing. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it.